sing it to him again on the throne. Yes. And we cry, holy, holy, you're holy. And we cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lamb. Yes, we together. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that today we agree with the angels in heaven that you are holy, 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 that there's no one like you, that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. We declare you, Lord. In our hearts, we declare you as almighty God. Lord, we agree, Lord, with your word. Lord, we agree with the unction of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we ask that you would do something in us today, Lord God. Lord, that you'd move in our hearts, Lord, that you would quicken our spirits. And Father, as we pray together right now, we ask for your will to be done in our lives, even as it is in heaven. Lord, this world is not perfect. Someday we will be with you in perfection, in heaven forever. But Lord, I pray, God, until that time, Lord, that you continue to work in us and make us more and more conformed into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, today, Lord, we lift up Faye Michalowski, Lord, to you, Lord. She had that surgery on Friday, and we thank you, Lord, for a good report. But, Lord, we pray that you bring her through, Lord. There'd be no, no infection, no complication, Lord, that she would heal rapidly and be home very soon. God, just touch her body, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, God, that whatever need that we've come in here with today, that you have the ability and you have the desire to bring healing. Lord, that you will touch, that you will bring restoration, that you'll bring physical restoration wherever it's needed, Lord. And we trust you right now. We, and we ask, we ask, Lord, that you touch our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Amen. When the ushers prepare themselves, we want to honor God, continue to worship him by bringing to him our tithe, his tithe and our offering, these gifts right now. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your provision in our life. Lord, that you have you've proven yourself time and time again that you are Jehovah Jireh. And Lord, I pray, God, that we, as we give these tithes, as we give these offerings today, that they would be seeds planted for a harvest in our lives. And Lord, as well, they'd be a seed planted for a harvest of souls around the world. God, we pray your blessing now upon each gift and each giver in Jesus' name. Amen.
we're ready for camp meeting. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, I know you all know how to read, but we're trying to reinforce <laughs> what we have coming up and remind you of events that are pending. We, we've moved our baptismal service from next Sunday to March 20. So there is a chance if any of you have not been baptized yet, you haven't followed the Lord in the ordinance of baptism, this is your chance. Please fill out an application, turn it in right there at the information desk or get it to me, and we will schedule you for March 20. Um, also, women's ministry breakfast and Bible study is happening a week from this coming Saturday. So, lady, you have plenty of, of, of notice here. Got a week from this coming Saturday, February 12th. Also, the Missions Choir, many of you have signed up. And um, I'll tell you, I, I forget who said this, but, you know, if you don't have a voice, being part of a choir can still be a fun thing because you can stand there with them, give them some support, and they'll cover for you, okay? So don't worry about your voice at this point. Pastor Brandon, I've heard he can do miracles. So, but anyways, he will be contacting you. I believe you have to put down a contact email or phone number. He'll be contacting you about practice. That probably should be starting soon because it's a missions convention. It's one month from next Sunday. And uh, we have a, a lifelong African coming to be with us. Greg Beggs will be with us on March 6th. He was a missionary kid and then a missionary to Africa. And so you'll, you'll, you'll learn a lot about Africa. Um, and as you came in today, uh, you probably thought it was Youth Sunday, which is going to be Palm Sunday, the week before Easter. Uh, you saw T-shirts for sale, and they are stylish, nice long sleeve. You know, in fact, maybe you can run back and get one and keep it a little warmer today. Put a long sleeve under your shirt, an extra layer. Uh, really nicely done. Pringles cans are out there. Pastor Hans, you'll probably will address that too. But we need to... We need to get moving on raising some funds this year for missions. And that's what our youth do. And without any other wasted time here, I want to introduce to you the best youth pastor in the tri-state area. Probably the oldest, too. But, <laughs> but definitely the best. Wow. Pastor okay. Hans. Yeah, let's ring the that oldest. bell for Pastor that's Hans. That's right. That's right. Here we go. Thank you. Thank you, man. For the love. Can you feel the love tonight? What movie is that from? Oh, is it? Okay. I just know the music. I don't know where it comes from. Well, good morning, everyone. Hey, give yourself, if you can reach, give yourself a pat on the back. You're here. You did it. Good job. Pat somebody else on the back near you. Hey, good job. You made it today. Uh, no cold is going to keep you away. And uh, we just commend you for being out here and braving the... The cold weather and the, you know, the snow, there's some discrepancies on how much snow we got. But anyways, that's, that's for another conversation. But um, as, as Pastor had said, we've got, <clears throat> we've got a couple of things going on in the lobby. Make sure that uh, you grab a T-shirt. Well, I'll grab one, pay for it. Uh, but buy a T-shirt and uh, we'd love to sell you one. And then, of course, this church knows exactly what to do with Pringles cans, right? Yeah, we know exactly what to do. So... If you're a student, and I saw a couple of students grab them this morning, that's fantastic. Uh, adults, if you want to grab one too, that'd be wonderful. Uh, I haven't heard a lot about the chain shortage lately, so, you know, um, anyway, so hopefully we'll be able to put a dent in that for Speed of the Light. And uh, before I show this video clip, I want, to, I want to give Pastor Brandon something. It's this. I'm going to do this, and this is his screen grab for, um, for when he, he posts it online. So I got, you, I got you covered. Hey, let's check out this... Uh, video this morning. 
the ultimate creator created. He fashioned you with a specific destiny in mind. You are chosen. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. A mandate, a mandate given that no man can retract. A specific piece to the puzzle, a call to ministry. Regardless of your journey, the mistakes you've made, the regrets you have, you have a purpose. You can run from it, but you cannot give it away. It is yours, it is precious, it is sacred. You are called. I want to talk about the calling today. Um, last week, we had uh, our missionary guest from Rangers, Carl Flyke, and uh, he came and he really spoke uh, a lot about the call. When he was actually speaking, it kind of startled me for a minute because I'm thinking, boy, I hope he doesn't go too far into that because that's what I want to speak about today. And I just so appreciate what he shared um, about uh, God using people and for his kingdom. Um, and I, I want to talk about being called today. Now, uh, there, are, there are ways to call people, right? There are ways that you can call somebody. There are, I'll call them OG or old school ways of calling people. Um, one of the things, this isn't necessarily old school because I still do it. Um, uh, how many have ever been in like Walmart or a larger store and you don't know where you're, the person you're with is, like in the store? And, and so I, it's kind of stupid, but this is, this is what I do. I go, <laughs> I just, just randomly, I'll whistle. <laughs> and f part of the funny reason I do that is because Jody can't wh whistle too well. So she'll be like, oh, great. Now I know where he is, but I can't tell him. Unless she screams, she can't you know, say where she is. So I like to kind of mess with her that way. But that's one, you know, one way, I guess, of calling people. Uh, how many here can do the, you know, like, you, you know, you either go like this or do the loud. Anybody here, you can do that loud whistle with your fingers. Anybody here, just a couple. Like, it's, it's like a lost art. Um, I don't see anybody here. I see one here. Anybody else can do it? Hey, well, okay. Yeah. How many can really get with it, too? Like, you can get loud. I can only do it with the eight. Uh, eight all right. I was going to say some stuff, but I'm not going to say that. I, I can only do it with the acorn shell. You know, you make, make like a V, put your lips on there. I can do a really loud one with that, but that only works certain times of the year. Um, uh, how many remember being a kid? And maybe it still happens right now in your life. Hey, uh, somebody will say, like a parent will say, hey, go get, call your brother. And, and, and my brother's name was Adam. I'd be like, Adam! You know, and she's like, I could have done that. You know, there are ways to, to call people. You know, in the movies, you know, you hear these people, you know, in, in this forest and they're, they're, they're maybe at war and they're, they're with their army. And, and you hear like, like bird calls, you know, calling to different parts of their troops. I can't do those either, but those are ways you can call people. Um, hey, one here we got here is, is uh, how many have ever, uh, and th this would be like really old school. Um, this is like you're out playing and somebody would. Oh, come. That's right. Come on. It, it wants to. Maybe it's this one. Yeah, there we go. And, you know, if you do that, then you could really, you know, figure out where you're you know, at least you know, time for dinner kind of a thing. Let them know. Uh, pastor tells us this story. 
in the office. I won't tell you what he responded. His mother would call him for dinner and, you know, Michael, you know, and, and I won't say what he responded. But but those were some things back way back in the day uh, when it comes to calling people. Now, today, it's a lot easier to call people. How many have actually from downstairs to upstairs said, hey, dinner's ready or hey, when are we leaving? Instead of being like, hey, you know, when are we leaving? Just 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 text them, you know. Uh, you can, as they say, slide into somebody's DMs and, you know, message them that way, call them. You could actually call them, you know, hello, speak to them on the, on the phone. You could do that. Uh, you can FaceTime now. I mean, you can video uh, chat people and you can call people in incredible ways today that just it wasn't possible before. And calling someone is, is not unique to us. It's not like we've invented calling out to people, because from the beginning, God has been calling us. From, from the very beginning of time, God has been calling out. Uh, he called and, and, and said, and let there be what? Light. You know, he just basically called out and something actually happened. You look in Genesis 1-3. Um, uh, he, he, he called out and, and, and talked to Adam in the garden as they walked he, uh, Paul refers to this in Romans chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, they, he, when he says this, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created and people have seen the earth and sky, through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, divine nature, so they have no excuse for not Knowing God. God is constantly, constantly calling out. He's called ancient people, people from hundreds and even thousands of years ago. He's called people that were doubters, people that just doubted him. He still called them. People that were haters towards him. He called them. People that were far from God, he called them. People that were, were close to God. People that were young. People that were old, he called. People that were Jews or Gentiles, he called. If people were from the country, he called you. If you're from an urban area in the city, God has called people everywhere. Every race, every language, every corner of the earth, God is calling out. And uh, that's kind of a general call, uh, that he is there, that, that he, is, he is God. And there's a specific call. If you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, then you've had a specific call that has come to you. And it really began with like uh, Matthew and Simon Peter and eventually the rich young ruler when Jesus said, hey, come follow me and be my disciple. To Simon Andrew, you know, Simon and Andrew, he said, hey, come follow me, uh, be my disciple. I'll teach you how to fish for men. You know, I'll, I'll teach you how to do that. And then, of course, to the rich young ruler, he says, hey, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and then come do what? Follow me. And uh, if you have been a follower of Jesus and you've kind of received that specific call to, hey, come follow me. It may, may not have been those precise or exact words, but you had a sense inside of you that I need to follow him. I'm being called to follow him. Now for you, it, it, it could have been, the call could have sounded like this. Hey, stop trying to control everything and follow me. 
He might have said, hey, leave your sin and come follow me. He might have said, I am God, come follow me. He might have said to you, come give me your plans and follow me. It could have happened when you were a young child at, at kids camp. You know, I, I know we're, we're a little early, but that's okay. You're really never too early for camps. One of the powerful things about camp is that God has opportunity to do things at camp that we actually don't give him opportunity to do on a regular basis. That's why camps are important. That's why if you have elementary age kids and they're the age of kids camp, give them an opportunity to do that. If you have a middle school or a high school student, make the opportunity to do that because God will speak to them during those moments because those moments don't come very often when our ears are tuned to hear God's call in our life. Again, it could have happened when you were younger at camp. It could have happened uh, from a sermon or a message. Maybe a friend or a parent spoke to you. Uh, maybe some of you here, have, you're not 100% sure, but you think, man, I, I almost wonder if I actually heard an audible voice. Like it was that clear that God was calling my life, that he was speaking to me. Could have been in a hospital room. It, it doesn't matter where, but if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, at some point in your life, you've heard God call you call you. And if you've responded to that call, that's incredible. Praise God that you have responded, that I have responded to that call. But that is not the end of God calling us. And uh, if you look over in the, in the Gospels, Jesus asks his disciples specifically to pray for something just like a few times. Uh, just, just a few times he said, I, I want you to, he says, pray for this, pray, pray this way. And the, the first one I'm going to mention, just these first two real quickly, uh, Luke 6 and, and Matthew 5. Um, he, he says, uh, uh, but I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You know, that's not, that's not a, a type of prayer where we're like, yeah, I'm all over that. Pray, persecute me? Yeah, I'm praying for you, no doubt. Like we might say, like in a smart way, as they walk away, yeah, I'm praying for you, you know. You know, kind of an aggressive prayer kind of a thing. But we don't really mean it in the way that Jesus means. He says, hey, 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 you know, this is what I want you to do. I want you to love your enemies and pray for those who are giving you all kinds of hard times who are messing with you constantly, pray for them. Okay, Jesus. The second time he tells us to pray, it's actually specifically towards someone, but I think it's general enough we could use that in our own life. He says this, he says, uh, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. Yeah, pray that you don't fall into temptation. So first of all, Jesus says, hey, pray for those that persecute you. And then secondly, he says, pray that you will not give in to temptation. I think that's a good prayer. I think it's a great prayer that we pray, that we would pray for those that persecute us and a fantastic prayer. Lord, help me not to fall into temptation. But then there's a third prayer and uh, it's, uh, it's found in Matthew 9 and in Luke 10. To, uh, to, we believe there, there are possibly two separate accounts of Matthew 9, Luke 10. I'm going to read both of them. And uh, Matthew 9, uh, 37 and 38 up here. He says this. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. 38. Next one. Thank you. Thank you. 
So <laughs> she was waiting for me to keep reading. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. And the second passage, very similar, Luke 10, 2. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. And uh, it's fair to say that, that this prayer, this, this request for prayer was not just for these disciples, but it's really an all-time prayer, a prayer that we can use for all time, that if you're sitting here today, that if you pray this way, that I believe you'd be in the will of God. I think you'd be at the heart of who Jesus is. And so when we look at these here, let's kind of check out the context really quick. It's uh, the, the context for both of these passages are Jesus. He's in the first one. He's he's teaching. He's healing. He's casting out demons. He's traveling all over the place to little towns and villages. You know, I grew up in a town. It's I wouldn't say it's a little town, but it's like 15,000 people. Whitman. You know, I checked on it last night. We got they got 28.3 inches of snow from this storm. You know, and, you know, there's Whitman and, and there's Hanson and there's Halifax and there's little towns. And Jesus himself in these days, he's traveling to these little places and he's going all over the place in Matthew 9. And that's the context where he looks at these crowds and he says, hey, this is how I want you to pray. And then over in, in Matthew and in, in Luke chapter 10, he's in front uh, of the 72 that he's about to send out. And this is the front end of his instructions. And he says, hey, th these are the instructions. The harvest is great. The workers are few. Pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send out more laborers into his harvest field. So this is what's going on when these words are uttered in these, both of these passages. And uh, the first thing he says is, the harvest is great. The harvest is great. It's vast. It's enormous. He's again looking at these crowds. He's making this proclamation. He's probably because he's God. He's seeing beyond just these crowds here, maybe these several thousand people. And he's seeing really into humanity because he's, you know, the harvest is not just the people he can see with his physical eyes or he knows there are people that are lost everywhere. And so he says the harvest is great. Now, by, by a show of a raise of hands, how many here have ever been to an outdoor professional sports event? You've been to one before. Raise your hand. Okay. And uh, so you, a whole bunch of you. Um, uh, I'm not going to ask for, for guesses because most of you wouldn't know. But uh, if you go to Citizens Bank where the Phillies play, how many would you guess are seated, uh, can, can, as, as capacity for that? I'm not going to let you guess. I'm just going to tell you. It's 41,000 people. I think it's like 41,035 is what the, 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 uh, the capacity is for Citizens Bank. That's a lot of people, 41,000. Now, if you are a, uh, oh, an Eagles fan and you go to Lincoln Financial Field, um, the capacity for that one is 67,500. Uh, capacity. That's, a, that's even more. That's like, what, 20, 25, 26,000 more people. That's a, that's a ton of people. Now, you might be here and say, I'm a Ravens fan. I live in Maryland. I'm a Ravens fan. Well, M&T Bank holds almost exactly 71, I think it's like 71,003 people. You know, I don't know who those three would be. They're sitting somewhere. I don't know, whatever. But uh, 
but uh, 71,000 people. And if you've ever been to these, you're like, wow, these are, uh, these, th if you've been to these stadiums when they're full and you stand there and you look around, you're like, this is, I mean, I, you, can't, you almost can't fathom that many people could be in one place, all sitting there, all cheering together. Uh, the largest outdoor stadium in the world's in North Korea. It's uh, Rungrata May 1st Day Stadium. That's like the longest name for a stadium. Sometimes I call it May Stadium, you know. But it used to be 150,000. And then they changed that um, where they had to eliminate some seating and expand the, the playing area. And now it only seats 114,000. You know, not, not very impressive. They're not very impressive. But uh, 114,000. Uh, some of you might say, well, Wembley's bigger. Wembley's only about 90,000. 90, so. But yeah, that's the largest outdoor stadium in the world. And if you were to go there and see just the enormity of this place, and you, 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 it's, like, it's like you can see beyond where the people are, but it's just covered everywhere with people. Everywhere. It looks massive. It looks vast. The world population in Jesus' day, approximately, and this is just a guess, an educated guess, about 300 million people lived on earth during the days of Jesus. Now, people didn't live very long then, of course, you know. We live much uh, longer today, but here they are, 300 million people. And today we have nearly 7 billion people on the earth. See, Jesus, when he looked at the harvest, he didn't just see those people that were there. He saw the vastness of humanity. And because he's God, he's able to know the future and, and, and the vast amount of people that would be there. And that's why he says the harvest is great. And out of Jesus' compassion for the crowds, he makes this request for prayer. Not only is there a great need, but the, the object of compassion. So he says, the harvest is great. Not only is it great in numbers, not only is it great in numbers, but the object of his compassion is great in value, worthy of prayer and focus. These are, these are the apple of his eye. This is the treasure of why Jesus came to, to literally redeem and take back those that are lost and have been stolen. And so here he is. And he says, the harvest is great. But not only is there a tremendous need, not only is there a, a great harvest, a tremendous harvest, but there's another problem. There's always a problem, isn't there? Like you get all this great news, but there's a problem. And the problem is this. And he says this next. He said, but the workers are few. The workers are few. I mean, even in our context, we can kind of get this. Uh, maybe lately you've gone to a restaurant and, uh, well, the hours are different. You know, they, weren't they? I mean, if, if you go, there's only one particular that I've been to lately, but the, the Taco Bell in Elkton over near Route 40 and, you know, um, they have really weird hours now. Like, they, like Taco Bell was like, yeah, we're open from like, we basically don't shut. We're just always open. You know, if you just want a taco, we're there for you. We're your people. And now they're like, yeah, we don't open until like, you know, 6 p.m. We close at like 8 p.m. You know, it's, that's all we can do. You know, and, and you're like, really? Yeah. So, so Taco Bell, that's their situation. And those aren't, uh, please look online and find out what their actual hours are. I don't want, you know, well, you said they were only open for two hours. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, but... Uh, you know, if, if you've seen it, you know, and it's, and it's really everywhere because the, these business owners are trying to find help, people that will stick in there, that will work, that will, that will show up, that will just, will just, they can hire. 
And maybe, you know, their level of service that used to be there is less because they just don't literally have the manpower to do it. So when, 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 when Jesus says the workers are few, in our context here, we go, yeah, I get that. And maybe at your job, you're like, oh, I, I get that, you know, the workers are few, you know. Um, I, I understand that very clearly. So... <clears throat> I think, you know, how can, we, how can we not have, Jesus, how can you not have enough workers? I know he was talking, you know, a couple thousand years ago, but, I mean, can't, can't this verse not be true today? You know, maybe it's just like, okay, actually, you don't have to pray for that anymore. It's all checked off and done. It's all set. You know, no need to pray for that anymore. Because you think, you know, the, 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 the Pew Research Center says there's about, and this is 2017, this is about 2.3 people that would call themselves, uh, 2.3 billion people that would call themselves Christian in the world. And, and we could argue all day long and we'll, we'll yeah, Pastor Hans, but there, you know, some of those aren't Christians, you know. Some of those are just, you know, whatever. And, and okay, well, what if half of them were Christians? You know, I think even Pastor brought this number up recently. You know, what if, what if like half of them were Christians? You know, uh, that would mean like basically in your lifetime, if you, could, if you could share the gospel and, and be in prayer for like two or three people, you know, we would, we would be able to just literally transform the world. It would be amazing. It would be incredible. And, uh, I mean, we know God's heart, 2 Peter 3.9, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I mean, that's the heart of God. But he says, hey, the harvest is great. The problem is, the workers or the laborers are, are few. And it doesn't make mathematically, if you're a math person, you're like, it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that the laborers are few, that the workers are few. But Jesus wouldn't have asked us to pray for something that wasn't real, that wasn't actually uh, something to bother praying for. See, the problem today was actually a problem that was long ago as well. Matthew 24, 10 and 12 says this, and many will turn away from me, and he's talking about the, 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 the end of time, the later day, latter days. Many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. In verse 12, sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. And uh, I would say that, that in our context as a nation, as a Western um, part of the world, that our love and our concern for other people really has grown cold. And I'm not a super judgy person, like I'm looking at people and be like, oh, you're trash or you're good. I mean, I, but, but I would say this, I mean, all I can speak for is, is me, right? And that's what you can speak for as well. You know, has my love and concern and willingness to do whatever it takes for other people to know Christ, has it grown cold? And I hate to admit it, but I would say it has a bit. Maybe you can relate to me. I mean, I hate to admit that. I want to be like, yeah, man, I'm winning like three people to Christ every week, and it's, a, it's all consuming fire of my heart. I mean, I'd love to be like, yeah, that's, that's my life, you know? But the reality is, is if I were honest, and think about priorities, uh, um, focus of prayer, different things like that. Is this the most important thing? Is it, is it high on that list as it should be? 
is the focus for that, where it should be. I would say as a church as a whole, as a country whole, Christians in general, I don't think it's the same. And I think that the problem that was spoken out back in Matthew is something that we can relate to today, that the love of many will grow cold, that our desire to get the right job and to live in the right home and for our kids to be in the right school and for us to, to, to drive the right thing and be moving in the right direction is far more important to us than the things right here specifically that Jesus talked about oftentimes. I mean, we, we have our shining moments sometimes, amen? Aren't you glad for those? But I think in general, if you would look as a, as a culture, the love for many has grown cold. See, modern thinking looks at humanity as kind of the problem with the world. You know, um, this world would be great if it wasn't for all the people, you know? Um, you know, if you're, if you're in dental or if you're a restaurant owner, whatever occupation you're in, your occupation has jokes, right? Has jokes. Pastors are the same. We got, you know, like you go to a conference, you know, we got these jokes we got. And one of them is, it's old as dirt. You know, man, ministry would be great if it wasn't for the people. <laughs> you know, and of course, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pastor joke. It's a goofy pastor joke. But the, the, the truth is, is that how... Humanistic thinking looks at as humanity is the problem. And by the way, we do not believe that about you in ministry. That we, I just want to clarify that. Just, I didn't think it needed clarification, but, you know, just in case, Pastor Brandon, right? He's an easy target as he sits right here. But modern thinking, humanistic thinking, is that human, humans are the problem. Less would be better. Less to pollute. Less to feed, less to crowd, less to care for, less to raise. Humanity's the problem to God. Humanity is the pinnacle of his creation. It's the one he's made in his image. And uh, we are the true apple of his eye. Jesus saw the crowd as great and worthy to be reached. And the few times in the Gospels where Jesus draws attention um, to the crowds as captured. It's always this. There's always tears in his eyes. There's always compassion mentioned. And there's always a sense of love there when he looks at the crowd. Again, the, the, the view of this world, we're like, we're the problem. People are the problem. If there were less of you, this world would just be better. And Jesus says, no. Whenever he looks at the crowd, he has compassion. Whenever he looks at the crowd, he has tears. Whenever he looks at the crowd, he has love in his heart. See, the problem still remains, though, that the workers are few. Now, when I pastored real life down in Middletown, um, over those 14 years, we had very different attendance. Uh, we would have average attendance as high as maybe, uh, you know, 105, 110 as our average attendance. And, uh, you know, but, but if I were to look at it over those years, our average attendance was probably 75 or 80 people. I mean, if I had had all of you today show up at real life back in the day, I probably would have fainted. I would have been, I would have been like, praise God, the workers are not, you know, we have plenty of people. And, and it's, it's so funny because it's all in your perspective of what you, you experience. And uh, I just want to tell you here, in this room, we're not lacking those that can be answers to this prayer. 
If you're here today, there's plenty of people to do and reach and be all the things that God has for us. And, uh, but Jesus, he asks us to pray. And he says this. He says, the harvest is great, the workers are few, which is the problem. But he says, here's the answer to the problem. He says, pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. And uh, if Jesus requested prayer for it, it must be a legitimate need. Jesus is not going to say, hey, can you pray for this? And, uh, and, it's, and it's, it's really nothing. Have you ever had somebody come to you with a prayer request and it was really silly? Have you ever had that happen to you? And you're like, why don't you just fix it? Like, do you even need to pray about that? If you're, it, please tell me there's someone in this room that has someone has come with a prayer request and you're like, well, can't you just fix that? And it's, it's not a big deal. Or we just need to do like one thing and it's done. Oh, amen. You know, it's prayer answered. You know, maybe I'm, I'm the only one here. That's okay. But, you know, the good news about praying is that God is 100% in charge. Uh, not like... Not like, you know, 50, like the devil's in charge too. You know, he's 50% God's and they're battling it out. No, God is 100% in charge. Uh, we're not in charge. Um, the results do not depend on my wisdom or your wisdom or my effort or your effort or your power or my power. It is his completely. Um, when we look at the needs around us, it's, it's easy to think, man, is God even, is he really in charge? Like, is that, is, that, is that really what's happening here? Is God really in charge? Really? I mean, you look at everything happening. You, you, look, at, you look at all these things that are happening around the world in our context and, and other places. Look at the poverty in this world. Look at the increasing mental health issues that are happening in this world. Look at all the issues related to and surrounding COVID that are happening in our world. Look at the, the whole idea and, and, and battle with gender dysphoria about confusion about what sex are you or are you binary? You're non, you're, you're, you're asexual. Um, you know, same sex attraction, uh, polarizing politics, families in crisis, uncertain economies, global conflicts. We just had one of our missionaries I saw on a Facebook post is heading back from Ukraine. I don't know, you know, for a, a, a while here till that conflict is resolved. And you think, man, is God really in charge? You know, is, is anyone in charge? We must never forget who is in charge. And he says, hey, pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Pray to the one who's in charge. And uh, there's something about the person that's actually in charge, that they are powerful, able to do things and say things that, that are things that you couldn't do. Um, I, I might have mentioned before, when I, was, um, when I was a kid growing up, I was the oldest in, in, um, in, in my family. I had two other brothers and sisters that were younger that grew up with my dad and his, his um, wife, my stepmom, Ellie. And then I had... Uh, um, the, the home I grew up in, I was the oldest of those three. But we had foster uh, brothers. We had two foster brothers. And um, these guys came through when I was like nine, ten years old, and they were both older than me. So they were, you know, older than the oldest. And we had one foster brother, Michael. And he wasn't there very long, uh, not because, you know, we had kicked him out or we didn't like him or anything, but he, after, after about a week, he just ran away, took off. And he was like 15 or 16. He's like, I'm out of here. And uh, but I remember when he came, 
And remember he had a, remember those kind of old school trunks, you know, with the lid, kind of fake wood, whatever. He had one of those. And uh, I remember I went in his room. I'm like, hey, I'm like nine. I'm like, hey, Michael. You know, I'm just this weird little kid. And uh, I'm like, what's in your trunk? He's like a snake. You know, he like told me something really scary. You know, a snake or I, I even forget. It was like something terrifying. He's like, don't go in there. And uh, so I, somehow I convinced him. I said, hey, you know, you want to go? Uh, my, my, my friends, are, we're going to play, uh, you know, wiffle ball across the street. There was, a, there was a factory, attack factory, and they had like a field with like, it was, it was like playing in a junkyard. Like we like played in a junkyard. So we're over there playing wiffle ball. And he's you want to go with us? And he's like, He's like, yeah, so I convinced him to go. And there's a couple kids there I was afraid of. How many of you ever had that happen to you? The couple kids that you're afraid of? You know, it doesn't matter if you're a girl or a guy. Like, there's always that one kid that you're just kind of terrified of slightly. And I remember walking over with Michael. And, and I was nine, so I was, a, I was a little guy. But Michael, was, he seemed like a, like a husky dude. And he was rather, rather big. And he went over. And I just felt like I was walking with, like, Jesus, you know, over there. I was like, I was afraid of nothing, you know? I almost wanted to start a fight. Although he didn't even know me, so he probably would have been like, he probably would have let me get beat up or something. I don't know. But Michael, he went with me, and I just felt like, like Michael was in charge, you know? He's just like, wherever he went, he's like, I'm up next, you know? And all his like 10 year olds are running around. He's just like, you know, whatever. He's like, he's not unafraid of anybody. He's utterly and completely in charge. And I just never forget that day, that feeling of like, Wow, I feel like I just, you know, I could, I'm, I'm, I'm fearless right now. I could just play and enjoy and not worry about this kid or that kid. It was, it was awesome. And there's something about the person that actually has power being in charge. And when we pray, it says pray to the one who is in charge. And it says this, the last part, it says, ask him to send more workers into his fields. So this is... This is what you need to do. We don't have many workers. The workers are few. So you need to go pray. Don't pray to anybody specifically or or in general. Specifically pray to the one who's in charge of the harvest. And this is what I want you to do in that prayer. Ask him to send more workers. Ask him to send more workers. Every Christian should be praying this prayer. It's, It's a focus of prayer. Remember those prayers that Jesus said he, he told us to pray for? He says, hey, pray for those who persecute you. Uh, pray that you don't fall into temptation. And pray that there would be more workers. I mean, if those are the only three things that you and I ever prayed for, th- like the world would be changed. If we just pray, hey, if you're persecuting me, I'm praying for you, man. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your family. I'm praying that God does a miracle in your life. I'm praying a blessing over it. If that's what you prayed for, and then you prayed, Lord, uh, I-, I don't want to fall into temptation. I want to honor you with my life. I, w- I want to live for you. You know, and that was your prayer. And then, Lord, send workers in the heart. If those were the only three prayers you and I ever prayed, that'd be incredible, the things that would happen. So he asks us to pray for these. And he says, hey, send, pray that you send more workers into the harvest field. What would happen to our world if we prayed this way? And maybe add to your prayer, Lord, we need more workers. Could I possibly be one of those? Could I possibly be one of those? There's a lot of restlessness in people's lives, I've noticed, just in in just sheer general observation. 
There's a lot of restlessness in people, going from thing to thing, agitation, just, just being restless. Um, Augustine said this, O Lord, you have made us for yourself, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. You know, when we pray that prayer, if we were to pray that prayer, Lord, send, send workers, send laborers, send people into your harvest field to bring people to you. It's a powerful prayer. Maybe, uh, maybe that restlessness I talked about a little while ago, maybe that kind of describes you. You know, if you're a middle school or high school student, you know, maybe that kind of describes you right now, that, that there's a restlessness about you, uh, a wanting to grab something, be something, have something. It's kind of elusive. It's here, there. You're not really sure. All these things. And, and maybe... Maybe that's what's happening is there's a restlessness in you because, as Augustine said, you haven't found rest in the right place. When someone's at rest, a great example, when a dog that you have, how many have pet dogs? Anybody here? When he's at rest, now you know what he looks like when he's acting crazy, right? When he's a psycho dog, bouncing all over the world, you know. But when a dog is at rest, he's just chilled, or she is just chilled. Hi, looking at you, fine. When they're, when they're not at rest, when they're agitated, something's going on, they don't know what's happening, oh, they're just crazy. And if you want to be able to get them at a place of rest, like, oh, everything's cool, we're good. And maybe in your life, you're a middle school, high school student, maybe you're an adult here, and you just feel like, my life is so restless, I'm running from one thing to the next, to this, to that, and the reality is, is you're restless because you're really not in that place of rest with the one who provides it for you. So today, what is God calling you to do? So we have this, this prayer that Jesus says, I want you to pray this, pray this. As he looks over to the crowds, as he sees the vast amount of people, he says, hey, we need, the, he said, the harvest is great, the laborers are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send more laborers into his harvest field. What is God calling you to do? And if I could ask, is Makai out there still somewhere? Okay, yeah, thanks, man. Maybe for you, um, your response today is to actually give your life to Christ. Uh, stop pretending about it and just actually begin to follow him. Like, you just, I'm going to follow him. Maybe that's your response today. That's, maybe that's what you need to do in yourself. Maybe you need to pray to the Lord of the harvest. There are some of you here um, that because of your circumstance physically or um, what's happening in your, in, your, in your life right now, the restraints you have in certain ways, and maybe God's actually calling you and maybe God's actually kind of put that in your heart for a while that you're a, a, a special person of prayer. I mean, we should all pray but there are some among us that God has specially anointed, gifted, burdened to pray. I mean, hasn't it happened in your life when, when, when there's been this, this week or two weeks or maybe this month when God has specifically kind of put a person on your heart to pray for 
or a situation that just kind of, you know, maybe everybody else around you, you know, they got this information about this situation, but for you, it's like, man, you kind of own that thing and you're like, you can't get it out of your mind. You've been praying for a lot. God calls us to pray. And so maybe because of your situation, there's not a lot of work that you can do in traditional ways, but maybe this prayer praying that God would send workers into the harvest field. Maybe that's what God's calling you to do today. You need to begin to do that. Specifically targeted praying in that way. You know, um, the, the harvest field is, is vast. You know, the, uh, the, the, the amount of needs that this world has is enormous. But I just want to focus on one just for a quick moment. There are some young men and young women in here that you know, God needs, uh, God needs, uh, God is maybe calling you to, to do what I'm doing, to speak to people, to give, to give the word of God to people in, in various contexts. He's asking you to do that, uh, to be a pastor, a missionary. That's not really talked about a whole lot anymore, but it's the reality. It's the truth that we need people in these years to come to lead churches, to plant churches, to do incredible things, reaching people. Maybe some of you guys are sitting here. I mean, I was you. I was just a, I was just a young guy sitting there with, you know, I, I've gone through my testimony. God is calling you. Maybe uh, you're in that place where you're, there's that restlessness because you haven't just come to grips and said, okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those answers to prayer. I'm one of those workers. You want to send me? Send me. I will go. And maybe thirdly, working in his fields. This is what I love about Jesus. So one of the things I love about him is uh, he uses all of us. Some of you here are super friendly and you're able to engage with anybody. Others are quiet and you have a, you, you, your, your mind tends to analyze and focus and think about things uh, for far longer than most people. Some of us in here are quirky. That's okay, God uses quirky people too. But there's all kinds of places, all kinds of ways that God wants to use. And that's what's beautiful about the local church is we have organized ways to be used. You know, uh, last week we focused on rangers. That's certainly a ministry we have. It's organized. If you want to help and serve in that way in the harvest field, there are ways to get plugged in. There's a system to get, and those are incredible. Maybe for some of you here, there are other ways that God's calling you to, to, to be able to be a part of that harvest field in a, a unique way, to serve in a new way, to step out in something new. But the truth is, is that for our lives, we're either going to be praying regarding this or we're going to be an answer to prayer for this. Pray. The harvest is it's great. It's vast. It's enormous. But there's a problem. The workers are few. They're few. So pray. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send workers. And so I'd like to take a few minutes this morning, and I appreciate Micaiah playing. I want to spend a couple minutes this morning to give you an opportunity to pray. Maybe you're going to come and pray for the harvest. Lord, send, Lord, raise up some young men, young women. God, call some middle-aged uh, men or women. Lord, and you're going to come and you're going to pray for the harvest field, for workers. And maybe some of you need to come pray and say, God, uh, there's something about me that's just resisting 
you asking me, calling me to do this or do that, whatever it might be. But I want to give you an opportunity to be able to respond to that call to prayer. And so whether it's at your seat or it's up here, let's take a few minutes and just do that this morning. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Oh, we hear the voice of your spirit today, God. We hear the voice of your spirit calling us. Praise is to your incredible name. Thank you, Lord, that we get to be a part. Lord, we pray for workers. Lord, we pray for those that would share their faith, share their love for you, God. Pour out your spirit on your people today, God. Pour out your spirit. Raise up among us people that will pray that way or be an answer to that prayer. Thank you, Lord. Great is our God. Great is our God. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Would you join me in prayer? Or I know there are some that are praying down here at the altar, or maybe you're praying at your seat, but just agree with me in prayer, Lord. God, I thank you that, um, that you, uh, you love your creation with all your being, everything about you. You've created humanity in your image, and you provided a means to redeem us, a way to literally purchase us back. And so, Lord, we pray first of all, Lord, we know that for whatever reasons, Lord, there, that we just need more workers in your harvest field. And Lord, we pray for that today. God, we pray for those all around this world that would hear your voice uh, to, to be able to reach out to somebody, that would hear your voice to step out in faith in a certain way, that would hear your voice God, to begin, begin to take responsibility for a group of people or a segment of their population. Lord, I pray that you would put on the hearts of people everywhere. Lord, uh, that, that you would do incredible things in us. God, cause our hearts to be turned towards you in a fresh way. Lord, uh, forgive us for seeing the, 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 the work of, of working in the harvest field as for somebody else for somebody standing on platforms or for somebody that looks a certain way or has certain gifts or has certain abilities. God, forgive us for that today and help us as we pray for there to be people everywhere, Lord, that see uh, the desperate need that is across our world. God, let there be a love. Let Where, where love has grown cold, God, let there be a, a, a hunger and a desire and a love to be able to bring you to people, to bring love to people's lives, your love. I pray blessing, Lord, and I pray that you would do that across our world. And Lord, secondly, Lord, I pray for us. We can pray for that prayer, and that's important. Lord, send laborers, send workers into your harvest field. But the second part is this, God, what about me? What about me? Lord, what do you have for me to do? Lord, what do you have for me to say? Where, where do you have for me to go? Help me today. Lord, I pray that across this room, that there would be men and women, young men and young women, that they would hear your voice. Hear your voice to pray more earnestly. Hear your voice to go. Hear your voice to surrender. Hear your voice today. God, we want to be, uh, be those people that are willing to, to, 
to obey the songs we sung, the wonderful songs we sung this morning. Make those real in our life in every way, in every level. Lord, let us be willing to be workers in your field. God, let there be a fresh desire to do that. Lord, we honor you. Lord, we thank you for these moments. And as maybe some people continue to pray, Lord, I pray blessing over your people today. Lord, I'm so grateful for Praise Assembly and the history they have of making the gospel and good news uh, being shared here and around the world a priority. I pray you continue to help us and bless us, enable us, empower us to do that in a greater way than we ever have done before. Lord, thank you for today. In Jesus' strong and mighty name, amen.